0: My name is Lawrence Brooks and you're listening to the Hoop Ball Mavericks podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my betting tips. I always get asked who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes. And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust with my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for March Madness. Tuesday night games Thursday night games and everything in between and you know me you know that I don't give my stamp of approval easily to earn it you've got to be the best at what you do and my bookie is the best sports book out there period it's simple sign up in a promo code hoopball, and get your deposit match way halfway up to a thousand bucks head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet bet with the best bet with my bookie Again, my name is Lawrence Brooks. Thank you for joining in to the hootball Mavericks podcast. Um, it's been a couple of days, but we've had a wild ride these last few days. Um, wanted to let the dust settle on the trade deadline. Uh, but today, we'll just quickly touch on, I, I'll lend my thoughts on how I felt they performed against the Timberwolves. Obviously, as that was a blowout, thank God they got the win. It was a little scary to begin with. Give you my thoughts on on the trade deadline and how it how it uh, pertains to the Mavericks. Obviously, they acquired JJ Redick and Nikola Um, and then I'll also give you a brief preview of what I hope to see um, in the game against the Pacers. So, starting off in this in the Minnesota game, there's a few things that jumped out to me. So, for for starters, it got it it didn't turn out well to begin the game. the 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 Mavericks were down sixteen to three. No one was shooting well. They only shot about 36% to, for the half overall. I mean, they just could not buy a basket. Looked very low energy and lethargic, but they finally found their footing, took off, ended up winning this game by double digits, in which they should have. I mean, they are clearly the superior team, and superior teams at some point hit the on switch, and that's exactly what they did. They end up winning 128 to 108. And it really wasn't much of a contest after the second quarter, really. I mean, they took a 56-55 lead at halftime. But after half, I mean, they really shot the lights out of the basketball. They shot 52% the rest of the way, pushing the lead to double figures and never looked back. And so for me, the things that stood out, one, is the rebounding. You, you guys know, anybody that's been listening to this podcast knows. I've talked about their rebounding to no end. I mean, it's just one of those things where I just feel like the Mavericks should be a better rebounding team, but because of their construction, they're just not. So when they actually have games where they rebound really well, I am going to give them their flowers. And this is a game that they did. They they were, they out-rebounded them 53-37, to 37, which is clearly clearly what you want to do against, a, again, an inferior team like the Minnesota Timberwolves, they just pretty much dominated them on the boards. They were all over the glass, even on the offensive glass. They had they collected 14 offensive boards and, I mean, obviously dominated the defensive glass. But here's the thing. They dominated the glass so well, you got 11 rebounds from Jalen Brunson. And if that happened, now that's not going to happen all the time. That's not even going to happen sometime. That is rare for him to do something like this. And on top of that, when you just get a collective effort from everyone, that's going to help move forward. Because teams that do rebound the ball really well, they either have elite rebounding on the front court, or they have really good guard rebounding that chips in with their front court. And today, that was one of those games. So I was really happy to see that. Another thing that I that I saw that was very encouraging and also just a just a good sign period they had 56 bench points that's not something they do often again when you're playing against a a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves you're going to probably do some things that aren't (laughs) in your normal uh, repertoire so to speak but for them to have 56 bench points was incredible I mean you had Tim Hardaway Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson who made up for 53 of the 56 points. And so you had Jalen Brunson, who ended the game. Like I said, he had 16 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, um, played a terrific all-around game. Um, And so you then also had Tim Hardaway Jr., who was 7 of 17 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, ended up with 21 points and 4 assists and 4 rebounds himself. And Dwight Powell... (laughs) a guy who i have i've been championing him all season i've been one to be patient i've been one to try to have understanding knowing he's coming off such a major injury and for him to have a game like he had he also got the defensive belt of the game was just great to see he was seven of ten from the field he was one of two from three hit his only free throw that he took ended up with 16 points Eight rebounds, two assists, one block, and one steal. Clearly his best game of the season. And he did it in only 19 minutes. I mean, that is just great basketball from a guy like him. Um, Ended up a plus six in this game. And I just, I don't know. I think for everyone has a role that they have to play. And for him, his role is always to be an energetic guy who can kind of rim run displays his athleticism on the you know in transition and on the glass and can occasionally make a three-pointer and for him it's been a little bit of a tough ride this season he's been a little inconsistent but the one thing that I love about him is that he continues to show glimpses of coming back and if he can stay the course he should be very helpful down the stretch so it was really good to see this from him um Porzingis a guy who is criticized literally every game. He carried the team in this game and was the reason that they pretty much won because of the fact that he took on the majority of the scoring load. He had 29 points, two blocks, nine rebounds, four assists, and he took 23 shots. And like I've been saying, he had a stretch of games where he wasn't even taking 15 shots in, in those games. And they just can't have that from your second best score and your and your second leading uh, playmaker i mean he's a guy that they depend on nightly and they need his production on the offensive end because they aren't they aren't going far without him and luca leading the way so it was actually really good to see him just have kind of a dominating performance especially against another marquee guy like carl anthony towns uh porzingis was three of nine from the three-point line made all four of his free throws and again they came out and they just blew their doors off in the second half because they shot so well from the perimeter It just ballooned the lead, and they never looked back. Um, Another thing that really stood out to me is the fact that they had seven people that scored in double digits. And, I mean, when you get that type of all-around production, it just makes the game so much easier. So much easier. So I was happy to see that. That was good for them. You have to win these games. And like Porzingis said, these games are must-wins, especially against teams that you should beat. Obviously, you're going to lose some games that maybe you should win to maybe some lesser teams. And clearly, when you're playing against um, the upper echelon of the the Western Conference, you're going to lose some games just because the competition level is so high. But when you get nights where you're playing lower level competition, inferior teams, um, you have to win those games. And again, with the position they're in, they need these wins every time they step on the floor. They cannot afford to lose games to Timberwolves, OKC, um, who else, you name it out there. Houston Rockets, especially right now with the way they're looking. Those, are, These are the type of teams you have to come in and you have to be dialed in from the jump. And in this game, they gave a little bit of a scare, but they bounced back to win. So it was good to see. This was one of Luka's worst games of the season, actually. He only had 15 points, four assists, four rebounds. He was 6 of 16 from the field. Um, two of nine from three I mean he just he just didn't have it today he came into this game averaging 39 points per game I mean he was dominating everyone for a good stretch of games and so he had a little bit of a down game but it didn't matter because literally everyone around him picked it up and they were able to get this win so I was happy for that those are some of my thoughts on that game and how that turned out now as for the trade deadline now you know i don't know here's the thing we know that the mavericks don't have a bunch of leverage in terms of pieces that they can move so why even invest your energy in in the fact that you know all these shoulda coulda wouldas or ifs and maybes what if this team did this what if this team did that the fact of the matter is this roster is built how it's built they have a lot of complementary pieces but these aren't high-end pieces that you can throw into trade um discussions and get something substantial back so again your main two pieces are luca and porzingis i don't think they should trade either one and i know there's differing opinions from all type of uh maverick um media members and everything alike everyone has an opinion on what the maverick should do i'm one in the boat that says keep porzingis and luca and continue to build and if you lose porzingis it's kind of like a addition by subtraction so i don't think you really gain a ton unless you're getting someone that is considerably better than him and i still consider porzingis to be a top 25 nba player just hard to find those guys hard to find people with his skill set he just needs time and he's still really young so anyway so the mavericks were able to bring in actually some shooting and weirdly enough let this be known it's not as if the Mavericks, you know, aren't aren't able to make shots. Like, they have been making shots for the, for the most part over this last uh, 20 games. They're 14 out of their last 19 games. Like, they've won 14 of their last 19. So let's make sure we understand that first and foremost. They've been top 10 in defensive efficiency. They've been top 10 in offensive efficiency during this stretch. So let's make sure that's very clear um while we're saying what they should do what they shouldn't do who they should pick up who they shouldn't pick up and since the all-star break they're shooting almost 42 percent from the three-point line as a team i mean they're at like 41.5 percent so with that being said they acquired jj reddick as i mentioned and nicola or Nicole uh Melli. now jj reddick off a of reputation alone is one of the best shooters in the nba of course he has the statistical um Wait to back that up, but what I do like about this is they bring in a designated shooter and a guy with a reputation, so he's going to spread the floor, he's going to make sure that the paint is a little more open for guys, and that's something that this team needs. Whether he's going to make the shot or not, he is a widely respected three point shooter, an elite level three point shooter. Um, and obviously, he's getting up there in age, he has a heel issue, so he won't be available tonight. Um, And we're not sure exactly when he'll be back. But when he is able to suit up, he will get minutes in the rotation simply because he can shoot the basketball the way he does. And I think that's going to benefit the Mavericks really well because they needed another guy like that. Now, like I said, they've been shooting 41.5 percent from the three point line since the break. But that has a lot to do with the fact that Lucas shooting has picked up. Obviously, Porzingis shooting has um, been where it is. And then you get contributions on a nightly basis from a, from a range of guys. You get hot nights from Tim Hardaway, and then you get cold nights. But you get hot nights from Jalen Brunson, even though he's shooting 40% from the three-point line on the season for himself alone. So I really like this move for them because if you're not going to be the greatest defensively, although they're having a good stretch of being great defensively, might as well continue to buffer the position that is the most coveted in the NBA, and that is three-point shooting. And so on the season, the Mavericks are shooting about 37 percent on catch and shoot threes, which is hovers around 15th in the NBA, which is, you know, it's average. It's that's fairly average. So they so they've clearly improved from where they were, where they were towards the bottom of the barrel to start the season. And they have steadily moved up, which by law of averages, based on how this team does shoot the ball, that was kind of expected. So I'm happy to see that. Um, then you add the fact that they got J.J. Redick, who shoots 47% on wide open threes, and the way they describe wide open threes is kind of like you're at least um, I want to say I want to say it's six feet away from from the shooter, and I think that is I'm almost certain that's correct. And so if he's shooting 47% from from shooting wide open threes, that's gonna help them a lot. On top of the fact That he's shooting forty percent on catch and shoot threes, and like I mentioned, with the with the Mavericks shooting thirty seven percent as a team and him shooting forty percent, that is an upgrade. So I really like this addition because they're gonna need if they're not gonna be able to get another playmaker, you might as well get more shooting. And like I've tweeted out, you can never have enough shooting, never. So, so I'm happy that they were able to get him. Hopefully, they get him in uniform um, here soon. I know he's got a heel issue, so. He's going to have to get get healed up before we can even see him in action. So that leads me to tonight's game against the Pacers, which it's it's a it's a game. They should win. But it's again, it's not a guarantee. And what makes it even worse for tonight is now they won't have Luca who's out or at least at the moment. He's doubtful with lower back tightness. And he had this issue. He missed the um. He missed the game earlier this year against Oklahoma City uh, on March third. But he was. He also it was reported that he was during like mid February during that stretch of time where they were having severe weather conditions in Texas. He was he was complaining and made it known about this issue he was having. So this is kind of ongoing. And in practices, he was uh, wearing um, a heat mas- a heat massage belt, and so. I guess, you know, initially I thought they were trying to be cute and sit him out that game against OKC, but real, this is a real-deal issue that he's ha- that he's having, and it continues to come up. And I don't know if it's flared up on him recently to where tonight he's not going to play, but it should be noted that also the, the Mavericks are in a stretch where they're going to play six games in about nine days, and they have two of those being back-to-backs. And so that might play into play into why they're trying to manage his workload over the next few um over the next few games because they have so many coming at the same time but this is still a very winnable game for them um they will have to have all hands on deck and obviously that pushes Porzingis to the forefront he needs to be extremely aggressive um he has a marquee matchup playing DeMontis Sabonis tonight that won't be easy but again they still have enough to get a win And again, they've been top 10 in defensive efficiency over the last uh, over their winning streak of this last 19 games that will be needed tonight. And some of that will be the fact that they're really good at protecting the rim and the fact that the Pacers really take pride in their inside scoring. So hopefully they can actually put that to use tonight and because they're going to need it. They're going to need it with Luka um, looking like he's close to being out. That's a big blow to their offense, a big blow to what they want to do overall as a team and with their scoring. But um, if they want to win this game, they will need to protect the paint. That's first and foremost, something that they've been doing a good job at. They will also need to attack the glass. And I don't I don't think that this game and the Minnesota game are going to be the same. But it needs to carry over because the Pacers aren't they are one of the worst teams in the NBA rebounding, actually. So if they can continue to take advantage of that, that will also be helpful. Defense and rebounding, as they say, wins games. Those two things should be very, very much a point of emphasis tonight on top of having Kristaps Porzingis um, establishing himself the way that he needs to. And with Jalen Brunson probably moving into the starting lineup, he's a very capable lead guard. Obviously, his matchup against Malcolm Brogdon is one of a guy who's one of the better defenders, but he's also a a larger defender on the perimeter. And that's something that the Pacers do really well is defend the perimeter with so many long-rangey guys. So it'll be interesting to see how the perimeter guys perform because, again, there's not much playmaking outside of Luka. So Jalen's going to be forced to be more of a playmaker. Porzingis might have to do a little more ISO and playmaking himself to manufacture points. And then a little bit of Tim Hardaway and Josh Richardson. So it's going to be playmaking by committee tonight, but they can get it done. So hopefully this game is one that they can sneak in a win, although they won't have Luka. And then they're right back at it tomorrow night against New Orleans, which is um, their back-to-back set. And I would assume... Luca will be back for that game so we shall see but um but it's definitely a very winnable game something that they can get done so we'll see what happens tonight but we're all going to cross our fingers hopefully this back issue doesn't linger much longer for Luca, and it's just more so of a load managing thing than it is a problematic um body issue so we shall see but thank you guys for listening i appreciate it continue to download the podcast subscribe on all platforms leave a five-star review let us know how you love it, how you like it, or do not like it. Again, you can catch me on Twitter, at HoopBallMavs. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-M-A-V-S. And you can also um, catch me, follow me on Twitter, at LBSaidit, L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. Um, we'll see you guys soon. Let's get a win tonight. Let's bounce back on this back-to-back and get one tomorrow night against the Pels as well. And I will talk to you guys soon. Go Mavs.